Uh, this book is more about the positive side of the coin. Mm-hmm. What can you do to ensure your health? Kind of like what can you do to make sure that your soul is healthy? Therefore, you won't be struggling with deconstruction and doubt, right? So it's more like how can we avoid that that altogether? I mean, maybe not altogether, but how can we make sure that our soul is healthy? Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church Sermon Extra. Great to have you with us again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie. He's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And this week we're taking a break from our series uh, so that so that you may believe. Uh, we were just looking at the the seven uh, signs, the seven miracles that that God uh, that Jesus performed in the Gospel of John. But we're going to continue next week, so we definitely want you to join us. That if you missed any of those. You know, whitefieldschurch.com, you can download them that there. But this week we had uh, Pastor Dominic Doan with us who was uh, sharing. Uh, he had recently written a book, and uh, so he preached on, on Psalm 23. And the title of the message was, uh, Your Longing Has a Name. Your Longing Has a Name. And it's actually the title of his book. And, uh, you know, very, very interesting look into the soul. And um, so if you missed any of that or you'd like to order his book, we'll put down a, a link at wherever books are sold. You might be able to find it down uh, anywhere there. And then, of course, whitefieldschurch.com. You can download uh, the message from Sunday. Very good. And any of your favorite uh, streaming platforms and YouTube or Facebook. And just definitely something you want to share uh, with, with friends. And, um, and so, so Domi brought up a couple things. Uh, you know, one of the, you know, very, very important things that we wanted to discuss today was, uh, you know, are my pets going to heaven? And so I thought that was, you know, one of the important takeaways from Sunday. Maybe not. But, you yeah. know, we, we want to discuss that. So, you know, just that idea, you know, uh, when he's talking about the soul, you know, of course, he brought up to animals, you know, fish, plants, whatever. Do they have souls more so than personalities? Do they actually have a soul? So, you know, am I going to see my dog Fido in heaven? Yeah, so um, I heard one person put it this way. They said, well, if you just look at the Bible, we know for sure that there are two animals in heaven at least. Um, we know that there are horses because Jesus rides on a horse in Revelation. And we know that there are cats because there are harps in heaven. So do you, do you get it? I do, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, that's not a very nice thing to say about cats, I guess. Um, that but, sounds perfect to me. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, you know, there's a there's a guy who wrote a book called Heaven. His name is Randy Alcorn, and it was a really good book. I remember the first time I read it, I'm like, this is going to be, it's going to be cheesy. It's not going to be any good. And I was wrong. It was very good. It was scholarly. It was biblical. He looked at the entire Bible and said, okay, here's what the Bible says about heaven. And I highly recommend that book. In fact, I'm probably going to go and read it again because it's one of those books that you're like, okay, this is one that deserves to be read twice. Uh, and Randy Alcorn, since then, I've gotten to know him and uh, actually had one of my articles. So uh, they published one of my articles on their website. So, um, yeah, I think it's Eternal Perspectives Ministry. This mm-hmm. is ministry is really good. And um, so Randy wrote this book on heaven and he has a section in there where he talks about this. And here's his view. And he's taking it. He's inferring it. Right. So he's not saying the Bible doesn't say this, but he's inferring he does believe that there will be animals in heaven. 
not necessarily your dog particularly, I don't know, right. but that there will be animals. And his, here's his reasoning for it. That heaven is regarded in the Bible as not as much an ethereal plane as a tangible physical place. It is a new heavens and a new earth. And it seems to be more similar to the earth as we know it, just without sin. It's, it's essentially not just the recreation of Eden, but the fulfillment of what Eden might have been if sin and, and death had never come into the world. And so he says, well, if in the original creation there were animals, then in the new creation there will probably be animals, right? If there will be, um, you know, think about how necessary animals are to the uh, functioning of the ecosystem. He says, well, you know, we, we could assume that they're part of the ecosystem to come. If there are plants in the new heavens and new earth, then probably there are animals too. But again, he's reading between the lines. He's inferring. He's guessing, speculating. Um, but that was his take, and I thought that was interesting. I don't think he's so much approaching it in the sense of like your your uh, dog will go to heaven because it will be redeemed, as much as he's saying that there will be animals in heaven. And um, you know, um, there are some verses that allude to peace on earth during the uh, what we might refer to as the millennial reign of Christ, and. Um, and so the question is, will there be in heaven? I think he's saying that he thinks there will be, and that's why. And I, I think that his at least line of reasoning sounds pretty convincing. So I don't know if your dog will be in heaven, um, but maybe you'll, have, you'll find a new one. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So one that doesn't bark as much. One without sin, hopefully. <laughs> one without yeah. sin. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I know that's just, you know, we, we joke, but I know that's just something that, you know, people do get attached to their animals, mm. and they and, and it becomes even more part of their family than many of their own family. So, you know, that's something I think is valid to talk about. Uh, but one of the other things that we wanted to look at today, you know, uh, Pastor Dominic talked a lot about the soul, but the scripture kind of talks about, you know, we have soul and the spirit. And, you know, even in Hebrews 4 here we read that, you know, for the word of the God is living and active, sharp and any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirit, of joints of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And so what, what, is, what is the difference between soul and spirit? We talked about this actually a couple, uh, I mean, it's years ago now, on when we were teaching through First and Second Thessalonians, there's this one passage that says body, soul, and spirit. They're all three listed out. And so there's two views on this. One is called the dichotomous view. The other one's called the trichotomous view. Basically, uh, some people say you are a body and a soul, and soul and spirit are just two words for the same thing. So there's basically you're a pie with two ingredients, so to say. Uh, the other one says, no, nope, you're a pie with three ingredients, body, soul, and spirit. And soul and spirit are distinct things. And there are probably about four or five verses that I can think of off the top of my head in the Bible that list soul and spirit as um, not just like synonyms, but actually in the same verse, right? And why would it list them in the same verse? Is it just listing words that can mean the same thing or is it actually meaning that they're distinct things so for example uh, hebrews chapter 4 says the word of god is living and active sharper than any two-edged sword able uh, to cut and divide spirit and soul and so 
Yeah, bone and marrow, spirit and soul. So in the same way that marrow is distinct from bone, soul is distinct from spirit is the idea. Maybe they're very closely related, but they are still unique. So Dominic uh, did a great job um, looking into the biblical uses of the word soul and the origin, especially in the Hebrew language of nefesh. Um, spirit is, is different, right? So there's something like about breath, ruach in uh, Hebrew, this idea of breath, God breathes his breath into you. And there's something about that, right? That that's how you become a living soul is by having the spirit, the breath of God breathed into you. So um, I think the distinction is important because we, we talk about in the Bible, we talk about um, fleshly deeds and spiritual deeds. But th there when we talk about that, we are talking about something distinct from the idea that Dominic referred to as the soul, right? The soul being the whole picture of who you are, the essence mm -hmm. of your being. And so, um, yeah, I'm not sure, you know, I know that there's been a ton of debate over like what exactly is the difference, but it seems that, you know, a really important distinction is found in, um, in Ephesians chapter 2, for example, and, mm -hmm. and elsewhere. But Ephesians chapter 2 is a good example where it says that you were dead spiritually and in Christ you came alive. So there's a sense in which you had a soul and yet there was something about you that was dead. We would call mm -hmm. that the spirit. So in my understanding, that would be the distinction. The spirit is that part of you that is dead apart from relationship with God, that comes alive through relationship to God. And a person, even if their spirit is dead, they are still a living soul in that sense, although maybe we'd say an incomplete one or one that needs um, to be restored like David talks about in the Psalms. Okay, yeah, no, that's, that kind of uh, gives a better picture because, yeah, because I, I mean, I know in our time in Hungary there was a big debate between soul and spirit, especially within the Hungarian translation, you know, quite heated debate actually, mm -hmm. denominations choose to use one word lilac over selem uh which are the kind of the two words that we find and so but yeah i think that what you bring out the example of this you know the idea of a dead spirit because if we were to die apart from christ our soul would go mm -hmm. somewhere it would be still apart from christ but it's the spirit our spirit that is then that thing that comes alive new creations in christ and, and and that you know we that's how we are joined you know with 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 our father in heaven so now definitely some great great things um and so if you missed any of our uh, of that sermon i think it's just very worthwhile to to download it and or watch it on youtube or facebook and if you get a chance um yeah because dominic has written another book which was the uh, we've had him before and, and mm -hmm. we just want to remind our viewers of the book before yeah, his first book was called when faith fails yeah and it was about um, the idea of doubt, deconstruction, mm -hmm. finding God in the midst of doubt and deconstruction, etc. And about how doubts aren't necessarily the end of faith, but they yeah. can actually be where faith and trust begin. Uh, this book is more about the positive side of the coin. Mm -hmm. What can you do to ensure your health? Kind of like what can you do to make sure that your soul is healthy? Therefore, you won't be struggling with deconstruction and doubt, right? So it's more like, how can we avoid that, that altogether? I mean, maybe not altogether, but how can we make sure that our soul is healthy? Yeah, no. And so definitely, it seems, definitely it seems that Pastor uh, Dominic has kind of his finger on the pulse, and he's kind of answering questions that our generation, our society right now is asking. 
And so both of these books are definitely worthwhile reads. We'll put both links in the description for you so that you can go get them wherever books are sold. Highly recommend them. And uh, we'll be back in our, our series uh, so that they may believe and so that you may believe so that they may believe. So that you may believe. So you may believe. We want, we, every, want you. we want everybody to believe. We want everybody to believe. That's yeah. the whole purpose. And Including that's why Jesus you. did it. And that's yeah. why John wrote the gospel, so that you may believe. And so uh, we look forward to getting back into that. Do we, what's the What's the title going to be for upcoming sermon? The upcoming sermon doesn't have a title yet. I'm oh, going to do that today. But we're looking at. Uh, it's, the, it's in John chapter 5. There's a man who is healed uh, at the pool of Bethesda. Bethesda. Yeah. So he's a man who's lame. He's been lame for 38 years, and he's healed. And Jesus asks him, do you want to be healed? Maybe that'll be our title. No, there we go. There we go. Maybe you have a title for us. But <laughs> so, yeah, no, we look forward to, to seeing you again next week and catch up with us on Sunday uh, for the next, uh, next uh, title in our series. So God bless. <laughs>